Welcome to the podcast with no name. This is part two of Baby Won't You Drive My Car. Please enjoy. I'm going to move it along a bit and the next topic I pose is dumb-ass things you have done whilst driving. I'll, I'll start one. This is, this is so dumb-ass it's embarrassing but I'll, and I don't know if I've ever told anyone. But um, the five-year anniversary of high school, so it would have been about 1990. 91, we had a, an, a reunion at Penshurst um, at the RSL and I drove my Volkswagen Beetle at the time, four on the floor, oh. with Recaro seats, Ooh. to uh, Penshurst and the Porsche kit, one of those mm-hmm. ones. And I drove, we drove, I drove it there and parked it on the other side of the station, went to the uh, reunion, cut a, cut a long story short, um, woke up the next morning and couldn't remember a thing. And so I got my mum to drive me back to Penshurst to pick up the car and it was gone. And I went to the police station, reported it stolen. And um, the next day, I got a knock at the door. Two police were there, and my mum went to the door, and they said, "Oh, we found your car." And I said, "Oh, great!" And my mum's like, "Where is it?" And it was two two streets down from where I lived, which was at Reesby. So I'd driven it home, run out of petrol, <laughs> and walked walked home, and completely didn't had no idea I'd done that. And, and the police were just looking at me, and uh, my mum goes, "Oh, his friends, they're so they're such crazy friends. They probably played a trick on him." And she saved my ass. So. Wow. <laughs> Those crazy funsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was on my P's and I was out driving with my sister one day in the Kingswood and I was about to cross the bridges in our town, hometown, Eddie, heading south. And I turned at that major intersection and headed up the hill to go up that way for whatever reason and missed the corner and turned up the part of the road where the cars should have been coming down the road. Thankfully, they weren't. <laughs> so I turned up the wrong side of the road, and my sister's Ouch. absolutely crapping herself in the car in the seat beside me. And I realised what I had done and got onto the correct side of the road, and life was good. But it was like, oh my godfather, you're stupid. Yeah, I probably haven't done anything stupid in my car. But one thing that comes to mind is when I first got my license. So in Canberra, you just went from your learners straight to a full license. You didn't have P plates at all. But part of it was you had to only have about 10 hours of an actual, like, registered driving instructor. And so I found this guy, whatever, my parents found him. Anyway, and he took me for a lesson just before, and then I went on my licence, like, on the actual drive to get my licence, and I got my licence. And he was still waiting for me outside the building. And then I got my licence, you know, and he was like, oh, congratulations. And he came and, like, pashed me. And like stalked me and so here I am like you know 17 years old and this dirty old man is like snogging me outside yep. and I I didn't even know what to do and then 30 seconds later I'm in having my, my photograph taken for my license and I still I still have it because it's hilarious because my face is just like what the fuck and I'm just like sexually harassed out the front of the I I now understand uh, why you've never done it in cars ever since. Yeah, uh, yeah. (laughs) Now I understand. Yeah, it's just 
like traumatised for my life. But, mm. yeah, that's one memory that, uh, you know, unfortunately I still have. Yeah, mm-hmm. however, that's not a dumbass thing you've done. That's a dumbass thing no. someone else mm. did. However, you know, please, no one else has done dumbass things. I, I, oh, did, I, yell at, I did yell at uh, the guy who gave me my first driving test and failed me. Mm. Uh, I absolutely gave him a godful because I thought his reasoning was so farcical and I accused him of revenue raising. I <laughs> uh, can't believe that, that goes, Sid. Oh, well, the, the point is I'm driving, I've done everything right. My biggest worry was, like, you know, the reverse parallel parking and I nailed that yep. even though I was never com- comfortable. And I got there and I'm thinking, great. And then he says, you never looked at your rear vision mirror. And I said, rubbish. And I said, the first thing I did when I got in the car is I adjusted the rear vision mirror, so I just need to look at my eyes and look down. And you're telling me, sitting right beside me, you never saw me look at it. And he goes, that's correct, you never looked at it. I said, how do you know you never looked at it? And he kept on maintaining that he never saw me look in my rear vision mirror. I said, well, how did I reverse park then and do it safely if I didn't, you know, use my rear vision Mm. mirror? And then I kept on countering with logic. It kept on doubling down, and I just called it for what it is. Mate, this is revenue raising. And the guy who I'd actually been learning to drive from, in the end he grabbed me and he just says, you're not going to win this fight even though you're right. You're not going to win it. And he just pulled me away because I just thought that was just so ridiculous. He could have nailed me for something obvious, but he nailed me for something claiming that I didn't look at my rear vision mirror and I clearly had and there was plenty of evidence for it. He could have nailed you for having sex in the back seat while during a driving test. What if anyone's ever done that? Sid has. I did stupid stuff. I drove too rapidly as a teenager and indulged in street racing at the back of Rookwood Cemetery. There, where you can still see they've marked out the start and the finish line <laughs> for such occasions and, and silly things like that. Mm-hmm. I will tell you one funny story, though. My dad did his licence at a time where the local cop used to do it. Yes. And so they go and they do the test and my dad's got this old Ford and they go around and do the test and they get back to the police station and he gets out and he goes, so did I pass? And the cop goes, bloody oath, I'm not getting back in there again. <laughs> 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 oh, that's good. So, Eddie, come on, tell us, have you done anything oh, yeah. dumbass? Yeah, the most, the most ridiculous thing you could possibly do in a car. I used to live on the main highway that went through our little town. Uh, it's the Princess Highway. And we had a really big front yard. So when I was reversing the car into the front yard to turn around so we could drive out and be a lot safer and not have to reverse out into all this traffic... So I turned the car around in the front yard and I'd only just got my licence, so I'd had it about a week and I was feeling like a god. I had this car, it's a blue Gemini, and I sort of go forward, I go to move out and I'm at the driveway waiting for a break in the traffic and across the road I see this really hot young girl coming up the road and I'm just looking at her salivating and... The car's inching forward and forward, and I didn't realise it was actually moving at the time. And next thing, bang. Bang. I look up, and there's this tradesman in this Ford Falcon Ute that was about, oh, it's like an XR or something. Uh, Really solid car. It had a tiny scratch on it, and the front of my Gemini was gone. 
and I nearly, if it had been another metre, I probably would be dead. And I bit my tongue when that happened, nearly bit my tongue off. It was terrible. I didn't realise until like six hours later that I had these teeth marks across my tongue. But yeah, I'll just try perving. I nearly died in a car and that car was written off. How long did it take you to save up for that one? Quite a while. Yes. Did you ever get to meet the girl? No. No. She, I okay. think she was, was sitting across the road laughing. I must say, when the word got around the school that that had happened, there was a snigger or two around the place. And I can tell that story now because both my parents are now departed and I swore I'd never never tell them the truth about what happened that day. <laughs> but, yeah, that was it. Perving on a girl. Nearly died. There we go. So that, that lends into the next question. Has anyone had a praying? Yep. Yeah, I'll use that one. Touch wood. I'm no. Although my husband decided that I needed to learn how to reverse with a trailer hooked on and did it on our driveway. Our driveway is a bit tricky, especially if you're reversing out of it with a trailer on. And the two times I've attempted it, I've taken out the letterbox. So we moved the letterbox. (laughs) (laughs) But in connecting with the letterbox, I did not leave our property. So... So In fairness, your driveway is at about a 60-degree angle. Yeah, it is a little bit tricky. I've had four, two of which two were my fault. Although the first one was touch and go. So the first one I was driving through Bondi and I wasn't really concentrating and a taxi stopped in front of me to pick up a fare, like double parked, mm-hmm. and I looked up and I slammed on the brake and I just sort of connected with him. But I remember that it cost about... 800 bucks because went through insurance. I always had third-party insurance, as everyone did, I guess, back then. That was in my second car. Then I was driving home from work on a Saturday and there was a a wedding with a horse-drawn carriage on Parramatta Road and I was looking at it and I said, that's going to cause an accident, you know. And then I looked back around and the traffic had stopped and I slammed into the back of a couple of cars. (laughs) So that was definitely my fault. That's spooky. You had a premonition. Yes. (laughs) And I rode off, and I I reckon I hurt my shoulder in that accident. So I had a a motocross injury with this left shoulder that I then injured in this accident that I still reckon isn't right to this very day. So I ran into a brand-new Holden Commodore, pushed that into a brand-new Subaru, and pushed Subaru into a brand-new Ford. So all I had was third-party insurance, so I just paid the $99 excess, <laughs> and they paid for the three ripped-off cars. And then So you, cre- you um, did insurance fraud? Well, no, I didn't. How's that That's fraud? I, I must have misheard one. No, no, no. Well, I had only had third-party property, right? So my car was written off, and the three other cars were written off, but I only paid for third party back then, I think it was like $200 a year and it had a $99 excess with GIO. So, but I got my money's worth out of that one, I guess. Then the third party pays for everyone else's damage, doesn't it? Yeah. It doesn't pay for yours. Not your own. Yeah. Not your own. I had to have that. So my parents had this thing. If you had a car, you had to have third party property. You mean comprehensive? I didn't have to have comprehensive, right? You didn't have to have comprehensive, but you had to have third party property damage. So Mm -hmm. if you ran into someone else, Mm-hmm. You know, but if you didn't, if you couldn't afford comprehensive or you didn't want to pay it, which I didn't want to pay it because it was about three and a half, four thousand dollars for me back then when I was only like 20 or something like that. Mm. 
So I just had, you know, I think it was $2.99. It might have been $2.99 a year and $99 excess. Anyway, I remember the $99 excess. I thought that was quite reasonable because I'd written off three new cars. Then I was driving to work one day and a tradie ran into the back of me. That was when I was about 25. And then the biggest one was when I was 29. And this was life-changing. I was on Morgrove Road and I was coming back from cricket, of all things, rep cricket, Sunday. And I'm driving along and we had this Camry wagon that was pretty cool because you could fit all this cricket stuff in it. And anyway, I'm coming along Walgrove Road and I come around a corner and I see these cars stop. So I slam on the brake. It's, it, it started raining. It was a little bit wet, slid all over the place, managed to stop a metre from the car in front of me but facing off the road towards a steel barrier. And a guy behind me wasn't so lucky and he slammed into me without breaking and pushed me into the steel barrier. And that had a huge impact on me, that accident. And I actually quit my job at Fairfax over that slightly after. Like and, life-changing um, event type thing? Because it really stuffed me up mentally because that guy died. And oh. so he had a heart attack during the accident mm-hmm. and he died. And Right where we had that accident is right in the middle of Mount Druitt Hospital on one side and Liverpool Hospital on the other. And because it was in this no-man's land, they didn't send out an ambulance. So people rang the ambulance straight away and the cars were stopped. They were stopped to let ducks go across the road. Finally, an ambulance came when someone made like the fifth or sixth call, but the guy died who ran into me. The back of the Camry was touching the back seat of the car, so it hit the back seat of the car and pushed me forward into the Steering windscreen. Wheel? I, I, no, I hit, I hit the rearview mirror. That's right. And we didn't have any airbags or anything like that. And I was very bad after that for a long time. And for years afterwards, if someone came up too quickly behind me, I would freak out in traffic. Wow, I didn't ever knew that. Yeah. It took a long time to get over that, a really long time to get over that. Now, the next topic is something a little bit lighter to finish on. If if you're listening uh, out there, people... If you want to contact us, you could you can get us on podnoname at gmail.com. We'd like to hear your biggest dumbass mm. car story you have. And if you are the winner, you will win a night out with Sid. And if you get second prize, it'll be two nights, two nights with Sid. Do you know, third prize is the team will teach you how to drive. Oh. What prize I'll win you? <laughs> I wanted to know that, what that reaction was. That's a good one, actually. Oh, That's a good golly. one like that. Oh, you get I was going to say, fourth prize, I'll, I'll read you some of my poetry, but I think that's a better prize. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. We're, we're, very, we're very loose with the word prize, aren't we? I've got visions of it being like Vogon poetry. <laughs> very similar. <Yeah. laughs> I thought we'd end on a light topic. Whilst we all are not massive rev heads, there's more than a few of us around who have a, more than a passing interest in the Bathurst 1000, if not in the whole supercars competition. I have a few questions to pose on the Bathurst 1000. First, mm-hmm. Ford or Holden? Ford. Holden. Ford. Holden. Holden. Don't care. I was Ford. Yeah, I don't care either, really. So. <laughs> don't care. Radio. Next question, Brocky or Tricky Dicky? Dicky, Dicky, of course. Always go for the underdog. I love Dicky. Okay. Mm. I remember 
when the rock incident and how he came to the heart of every Australian because we all know what it's like to have someone throw a rock at your car and ruin your dreams. Mm. Mm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> have you ever been to the Bathurst 1000? I've been to one no. day once. I've been no? not to the actual race day, to the day before. I went three years ago. Just before COVID? Yes. I went um, with a friend of mine who goes every year to every day and this mm. year he didn't have anyone to go with. And I said, I'll come up with you on the day before. And so I went up the day before. <laughs> and it was all right, but I'm glad I did it. Yeah, well, I yeah, always wanted to do it, but never got to it. I, I can't see the point of going because I'm going to see a Nothing. much better part of I'm going to see the race in a much better way watching it on TV. So we moved yeah, exactly. three or four times and never saw more than, like, 25 metres of the circuit, except once when we were sitting near a screen, and you just don't see anything. Yeah. There is atmosphere if you're into that. I wasn't that into that, but, yeah. Yeah. Do you watch it on TV? Yes, we do. First five every minutes, year. last 15. <laughs> yeah. Now, every year we, the wife and I will sit down, Marianne and myself, and watch the whole race from start to finish but we don't watch any other motorsport that's the only race we watch every year is bathurst mr safety and i are the same we don't watch any other motorsport but we watch bathurst from start to finish (laughs) i I always watch the first five minutes and the last 15 i can't watch maybe a little bit in between where they go round and around and around and the only exciting bits are when they crash But oh, you watch no. oh, look, that's, that's not fair. I'll, I'll just uh, throw in. I, I, I got to live in Bathurst for close to a year in the late 90s. Yeah. So I've been to it once and that was then. And we used to, we snuck up through the back near McPhillamy Park from the back, from the old. Oh, yeah. Bathurst, yep. There's an old Bathurst track where you used to be able to sneak up. And it's really good to see it live. Um, mm. Yeah. It's great to watch it on TV because you just see so much more. Yeah. The, the, the atmosphere, it's one of my friends, dad and himself went to this year's one and it's very um, different now. Like even when I lived there, I used to do seven or eight laps of the track every single day after work. Oh, and wow. read, read the newspaper up in McPhillamy Park after work every day. But you drive around it now and it's changed so much. It's so commercial now. It's just One of the places different. we sat was McPhillamy mm-hmm. Park. So we yeah. went up, they have buses that take you up the mountain during the day and so you go up the mountain and you can sit in front of McPhillamy Park and watch that bit that yeah. runs across there. And then we went down the side and then we were sitting, the best spot we were sitting at was at the end of the straight because you could see them come all the way down the straight mm. and then turn right and you can watch them go over the start-finish line and then that was it. So that was cool. Yeah, yeah. If if you were going to go up and watch it, that would be the best spot to watch it, which um, the podfather just said. So you could watch them come down the straight yeah, and do that turn that. into the where they start and finish and see Main the start-finish. Yep. Yeah, we I drove it first about 20 years ago. That was another question I had. Have you driven the circuit yourself? And I've driven mm-hmm. it many times on the way oh. through to visit my in-laws. And it wasn't until I started driving the track that I realised how skilled the drivers are because it is quite the drive. The first time I went across Skyline and down through the S's, I nearly cracked oh, the pants yeah. and put the car back into first gear and went, holy moly, they go down through there at 100 kilometres an hour. That's the reason a lot of the international drivers won't drive there. 
because there's no runoff. There's no safety gravel bits. There's none of that. It's just you slam into the side of the mountain. (laughs) Yeah, the skill of the drivers just astounds me every year and I've got so much respect for them for that. Yeah, I I, I like it and I love watching it on TV and I must say I love it when it's wet or if it's wet and dry throughout the day. (laughs) I just love it. Do you know, Princess, when I was just saying I can't get into it and I'm saying it goes around and around, I... I don't doubt the skill of the driver, but the only analogy I can think about is brain surgery is a skill, but I don't want to watch it as a sport. (laughs) Um, I I suggest, Sid, that the next time you head out to the Central West for Mm -hmm. a bit of a trip, you Mm -hmm. do the little five-minute detour and you go and you drive yourself around the track. Well, look, I'm happy to to uh, do the detour. Yeah, okay. If nothing else. I can't say it's on my bucket list, put it that way. No, no, but it is only a five-minute detour. Mm-hmm. So what about you, Captain? Sorry, what was the question? Oh, anything to do with Bathurst 1000? No, nothing. Don't watch it. I think in our house we tend to watch MotoGP. Oh, but I even then, don't really watch it. Can't so. stand the Grand Prix myself. No, I prefer driving cars and being in cars than cars as a sport. Mm. But from the land of summer nets, where I'm born... You know, it's about driving your car and showing your car off. And that's Graham, have you? Oh, you've been up there. You've done it. Wet or dry track? What's your favourite? I think dry track for pure racing, but it's always interesting to see when it rains unexpectedly and they they haven't they've got the slicks on still. It's always interesting to watch. I love it when it rains unexpectedly and they've got slicks on. It's my favourite. I love the crashes. What about you, Podfather? Wet or dry? I like it when it's wet. (laughs) When it's wet, it's more fun. (laughs) Yeah, I prefer it moist. 87, 86, 89, 90. (laughs) Maybe it was a bit dry in 90. Always seems to be wet, hey? I don't know about you, dear listener, but I am eternally grateful to my mother for teaching me how to drive. Being able to drive was my freedom when I was young. I hope you enjoyed listening to us discuss cars and various things surrounding the car. If you have any ideas for topics that you would like your friendly neighbourhood podcasters to cover, or if you have any feedback you would like to pass on, please contact us via email at podnoname at gmail.com or on Facebook at at PodNoName. Take care, dear listener, and we hope you join us again for another episode of The Podcast With No Name. I suppose the podfather only uses cars for drive-bys. What? As he podcasts to people, plays his podcasts as he drives by. Well, that's maybe the kind of drive Hey, Maybe as, make, as he's making an offer. <laughs> you did the voice so much better. If Sid, um, if Sid had sex with the instructor, do you think he'd get a pass or a fail? I don't know. I think he'd have to sit the exam again. <laughs>